when you eat your veggies, baby, think of me. Hello, and welcome to the Eurowood, episode 144 for the week of February 14th, 2022. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about Eastern Europe's Eurovision selections. How's it going, Ben? Good. It is all Baltics all the time this week. Favorite time of year when all of Eastern Europe enters the chat. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly having the realization on Friday that, oh, literally all of the Baltics are happening this weekend was great. I only wish I'd, I'd realized it slightly sooner so I could have made the Latvian national dessert that I've gotten very good at making the last year or so. Ooh. Yes. It's, it's rye bread and whipped cream mixed with mascarpone cheese and some cranberries in there. It's great. Huh. It's, it's like a trifle, but with bread. Oh, wow. That, that does sound amazing. It was another super Saturday with a lot of selection shows. But earlier in the week, we had internal announcement uh, coming out of Austria. Kind of out of nowhere. I feel like I should have been paying more attention to the nations that have been very quiet because they just sort of pop up and, uh, you know, give me a little bit of a jump scare. And that was the case. We could be like, Austria's picked their artist. I'm like, oh, no. The constant fear that at any second a nation is going to pop up and be like, hello, here's our artist and their song. I'm like, I am so busy. I have so many things to watch on Saturday. But no, Austria has named their artist and they are sending Lumix featuring Pia Maria, who will be singing Halo. I had to do a double take because there is a tertiary level pop girl called Pia Mia, where for a brief second I was like, is this happening? Is this a person I'm vaguely aware of? No, it's Pia Maria. They are different vocalists. Yes, uh, makes that Google search just a little bit trickier. Just a little trickier. We're going to have to set like very strict parameters on the Google alert. It's also worth noting Lumix is spelled with an exclamation point in place of the I. Uh, if you search for Lumix without it, uh, Google does think that I just want to look at digital cameras from about five years ago. Hmm. Good to which, know. Yeah, which you should work on the SEO there. Lumix, it turns out, is, I, I guess, kind of a name because he has 10.6 million listeners on Spotify, which that feels like a large number to me. Uh, he's a DJ and producer who got started at age 11. Uh, and he has a track, Monster, that's gone double platinum. That is a collaboration with Gabri Ponte from Eiffel 65, which I did look that up when I was doing my research on them. Oh, this is club music that I don't ever experience otherwise. Like, it, it's very much a, a branch of electronica that rarely enters my, my playlist. Uh, but there's a nice Italy connection. He grew up in Turin. And then Pia Maria is a singer-songwriter who will be probably the vocalist on this, I'm guessing, given that that seems to be Lumix's whole thing. Looking at his Spotify... Yeah, it's interesting that Austria is taking this approach. The DJ-singer combination seems to have been a non-starter at Eurovision the last few times it's been attempted. So I'll be curious to see how this one works out. The last time I remember one of these being sent was like Gromi from Poland from a few years ago. Yeah, and Darude. And Darude, yeah. Oh, yeah, and like Darude just like went nowhere. So again, an interesting strategy. Uh, certainly a, a different turn than like Vincent Bueno. I like that Art Austria over the last couple of years had like a very wide range of what they're doing. Yes, and that they are interested in supporting such young talent. Both Lumix and Pierre Maria are still technically teenagers. Yeah, so this is a pretty big deal. Uh, I'm, I'm eager to hear what the track sounds like. With the selections that were happening on Saturday, the first one uh, to kick things off was Ukraine and their Vidbeer process. 
They had eight songs competing, and it was an excellent show. I happened to be on my couch at the right time. I was like, yes, I can watch Ukraine until Estonia starts. And that was such a well-produced show. Everything I saw up until I had to switch over was great, and I plan on going back for the rest. I think I had to like switch over like right after... Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on their actual name. I was thinking of them as the Mike Wozniak Quartet. Oh, yes. Our Atlantic. Yes, Our Atlantic. The Soviet disco band energy. I, I loved their vibe before I heard their song and their songs. I'm like, oh, yes, this is, this, is, this is for me. Yeah, there was quite a bit of variety in what was being offered, even though Ukraine is kind of in this very jingoistic mode right now, where it's just like every entry needs to be the most Ukrainian entry for Eurovision. And yet all of them were somehow the most Ukrainian in so many different wonderful ways. Perhaps the Ukrainianist of the Ukrainian entries this year was Alina Pash's Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors, which ended up winning. This one was towards the end of the lineup. Were you able to go back and listen to this one after the fact? I did go back and use this as sort of a palate cleanser between the live selections and what I was catching up on after the fact. Just to be, just be like, okay, so what did get picked? Mm-hmm. When I was looking over the list of competitors, I, I had the mental idea of, oh, there's a song where the title's entirely in Ukrainian and it translates to Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors. Knowing the mood Ukraine is in right now, that's going to win. And I was absolutely correct. Saw the promo photo, saw the song title. But that's what they're picking. I, I I don't even really know how to digest this one quite yet. Like it, it really does feel like it is a product of current circumstances. I also am not surprised at all that this one won, but I feel like I need a little bit of distance at the moment just to kind of yeah fully appreciate it. Like I I like it. Like I I I don't want to make mm-hmm. it seem like it's like oh yeah I, I I think this is a bad choice or anything. I I don't think that at all, but. There's just a lot of surrounding baggage right now. I need to listen to this with uh, a clearer head. Agreed. I think any of the options Ukraine had were fantastic. This one maybe was what it was like my my second or third favorite of the night. I need more time with it. I'm sure it will grow on me. Ukraine had many fantastic choices. I particularly liked Kalush Orchestra's Stefania. That was the one that won the televote and is kind of at the center of controversy. Of course, they're unhappy that they did not win, but uh, there was just some wonkiness with how the results were revealed. They revealed the jury scores first, and it was a very drawn-out process. They didn't quite do the Inquisition stuff that they had done in previous years, where an act would perform and then uh, face the tribunal for 15 minutes. The jury was very thorough in their critiques as they were giving out the scores and everybody was standing on stage. But then when they were revealing the televote, One of the hosts misspoke and uh, said that one act got two points when they should have gotten three points. Or like It it was kind of tough to follow what was going on because, uh, surprise, I do not speak Ukrainian. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. uh, but like you just sort of see like, oh, okay, there's just something weird here. And like it just ended up bringing down the scoring display. And at one point, the judging panel had a piece of paper and a pen and was doing the math themselves of like, okay, you said this one. All right. So that's uh, okay. That's six points. And and it it was 
uh, really weird and very low tech and kind of embarrassing, but it also just kind of lent a sense of, hmm, is something not right here? Are we doing the math incorrectly on purpose? Right, right. So, yeah, it was just kind of a unsatisfying end to the festivities. Thinking of last year's entry and how the many different contexts that was performed in, all of them fantastic, including the one opening Vidbeer. Whatever uh, Goa does next, I will be following intently. Absolutely, yes. So. And like, I think that's that's partially why I think Stefania resonated with me because this is different, but also doing sort of the same mashup of the traditional and the modern. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the mom that the song was about, uh, Mama Stefania, was well, yeah, actually like, in when attendance. they cut to her in like the green room. Like, oh, this is the best. Yeah, oh, and I love the coat that she was wearing. It looks super cozy. It was. Like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is, that is the one problem that I have with Ukraine's process is there's usually some form of shenanigans where people end up leaving very, very angry and we probably won't see them again in Vidbeer. And it's like, ah, oh, that's a shame. I, I would love to see these guys again. So uh, yeah, like that, that seems to be a rising theme of this year's Eurovision season. Everything is chaos and somehow everyone is mad. Mm hmm. Except us. Just, I'm loving just, this so far. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because like, I'm having a great time. Yeah. We are spoiled with great choices across these many finals. Yes. And then there's Estonia. <laughs> uh, I, like, I was switching over to Estonia and like watching everybody's fun Ukraine tweets come in and just sort of like my hand at the window. Mm-hmm. I had not been following any of the quarterfinals or the semifinals. And that feels like it was the right choice because it was definitely a final that had choices. Okay, I had found it very funny that after last year we had Hurricane and this year we had Minimal Wind. But yeah. then the Minimal Wind song was so good. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was completely expecting Minimal Wind to be just like the budget version of Hurricane. Uh, and then it was completely the opposite of that, but also delightful. And then the fact that it was resonating with so many of the jury was great. Although, like, the two American people on the jury were both from Berkeley. I'm like, yeah, this is very. This is very Berkeley School of Music mm. type of song. Like, when we got to the Super Final, the Super Final was Minimal Wind, featuring Elizabeth Tiffany with What to Make of This, Stefan with Hope, which I'll come back to that in a second, and then Elisa with Fire, which was the fuego we had at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you hadn't been following the process, uh, that that was likely a surprise for you. <laughs> so. Well, there was that one, and then there was uh, Champion, which was the one I expected to be, like, the third one sneaking into the Super Final, where it's just, again, the very kind of, like, very Zumba class mm-hmm. music. In the semifinals, I liked everything about Champion except the actual song. Like, I thought the performance was great, the costuming, the staging, the backing singers, and it was all great. But then the song, like, the actual content of the song, just like, this is basic. All of the, like, pre-roll footage at Estonia's, I loved it. It was basically they sent each performer or group to something that seems like it would be a perfectly fun date night in Tallinn. Oh, because, like, yeah, there was, like, uh, a couple people who were throwing either balloons or darts at balloons on a canvas to make an art thing. I'm like, that would be fun. Oh. I would love to do that with my partner. Yeah. I believe they sent Minimal Wind to the Science Museum, which, love that. Every national final should just send their participants to the Science Museum. Yeah, and that's also just a really smart way of doing tourism advertising. They know that they have an international audience, and, like, I want to go to Tallinn. Yeah. Like, I wanted to do that before knowing what this postcard was like. <laughs> exactly. The Super Final came down to Elisa's Fire, Minimal Wins, What to Make of This, and then the eventual winner, Stefan's Hope. <laughs> Still remains our own. 
We have Yeehaw at Eurovision again, Mike. Yeehaw. So Orville Peck just released the first taste of his new album last week, and this is just enough of like that sort of like deep-voiced old-timey country that I'm on board with it. Like it's it's also a little bit like uh, Heroes. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it is tapping into that that one of each song. I. I'm so bored by this entry. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, as I'm talking about, like, oh, no, Sweden has done this, like, both the Avicii and and the Heroes thing. I was fully ready for Estonia to pick either Champion or Fire, and I was going to just yell at them, that you don't have to be Sweden. We don't want you to be Sweden. And now I'm just like, oh, no, they're being Sweden in a different way I didn't expect. When did Estonia become the Nashville of Europe? Is it even Nashville? Well, like, like, it's like, it's like this country pop, but not really the good parts of either one remember like three or four years ago when Estee Lau was like weird and indie and now it's just sweden yeah well i mean that was part of the problem that i had with this year's process where you had the quarterfinals and all of the interesting entries got voted out in that part of the process so the semifinals i would say there were maybe two or three like truly interesting, weird, bonkers entries. And then those ended up getting knocked out in the semifinals. So like this process was just managed to mm-hmm. just strip out anything that makes Estonia interesting and fun to watch. I was to say, yeah, I was really missing the the energy of like Tartu from last year. Exactly. Like, just like a song that is yelling at me for three minutes, telling me which cities in Estonia are the most wooden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that's what that song was about. But yeah, like those are the entries that I love Estonia's process for. And this new process eliminated that. It was and it was just missing this year. I don't even have much to say about this entry because it's just like it's just a type of song that I do not respond to. Like it is just it is so thoroughly not for me. And yeah, so it's just like, well, th- this is what we got. As someone who is into older country, like this is sort of riffing on, but in a pop way, my ears did perk up. But the more I talk through this song, the more I'm like, oh, no, this is bland. They've got time to work it out, I guess. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) The fact that there are three other much more interesting entries just on this weekend to talk about is not giving me much hope for hope. No. Sorry, Stefan. On the other hand, they are in the deeply chaotic second semifinals, so we'll see. The the next one that was selected came out of Lithuania. Their Pabandum is Nauyo process finished up. And the winner was Monica Liu with Sentimentai. so much uh there was a, a brief moment where like oh i would like to see lolita zero and at and the eurovision stage but this is also a good entry i'm also just excited that this is the first entry in lithuanian that's been sent since 2001 is that true that's true yeah like yeah wow yeah let's let's do that uh <laughs> so monica she won the jury and the televote so like bonafide winner when the televotes were dis- displayed at the end of the show she had 42 percent of the vote uh, lolita came in second with 38 percent of the vote uh, so that's 80 percent of the vote between those two <laughs> 
yeah like oh it was, man yeah no like, i was just trying to do the math there's like oh man yeah no like and we knew it was going to come down to those two yeah i think it was around twenty four thousand for monica almost twenty one thousand for lolita and then the next one was like four thousand and then it just dropped even more from there <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah like th- those were two were the audience favorites and i think those were the correct audience favorites Lolita was third with the jury. I know throughout this process, uh, a lot of people were concerned that the jury was not going to show Lolita Zero any love, but I don't think that fear was founded at all. Lolita was doing – did a fantastic job throughout the process. A lot of good screen caps came through while Lolita was backstage with her dancers. uh, Oh, yeah. Just every time the camera was on on them, just like it was – prime material and also every time the camera was on monica lou she just wanted to talk to her friend in the next year over and they would just keep cutting to her and she was just like oh no i have to, be, I have to smile and be on camera it was the cutest thing yes uh, and like when it was announced that she won like just like going around and giving high fives like it just seemed like there was really good camaraderie among all of the contestants this year i'm very excited about this song like i, I think the performance has the sense of humor and just this kind of retro future vibe about it there is a kookiness about it that i appreciate yes kooky i think is the correct word like it, it, it's, it has that kind of like goldie hawn on laughing quality when you see like those okay clips. yes yeah yes i see that yeah also i did like how as all of the baltics were choosing at roughly the same time trying to figure out the the details of like okay how far are each of these studios driving distance from one another because the roop was just popping up in all three locations yeah both the roop and uh uko Saviste, because he and uko Saviste, yeah, yeah. We're just like we're, did they did they carpool together is there is there a hyper roop yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad I did not come up with that pun. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, watching 40 people in our Twitter mentions immediately have the same pun was just great. Just yeah. like, yes, yes. Just, we are one hive mind and we have one We have one brain cell. And yeah. that is what it's doing is hyperroop. <laughs> oh, but yeah, uh, it was a great show, a, a great season. And yeah, I'm glad it, it, it turned out well. Like I know people were a little worried at the beginning of the season. It's like, no, give it time. Like they just need to mm-hmm. get their footing. And they totally did. All of the performances in the final, like I thought they were all great performances, but there, this was just a case of the cream rising to the top. I'm very eager to learn more about Monica. Like she just, she just has a good aura about her. It's like, Ooh, you are interesting. So <laughs> yes. Well, and also there was just like a very fun moment where the results were starting to come in in Lithuania. I I had Lithuania on my main screen, but I was also keeping Latvia on my laptop to to check in on some of the performances. And there was like a moment where it's like Monica on my main screen and then the Latvian performer who was performing in Latvian who suddenly had the same kind of mushroom haircut where i'm like no only one of you can go yeah <laughs> i only have the brain space to, to to maintain which of the baltics has sent us has sent a singer with a bowl cut i need to be able to recognize this person in silhouette speaking of latvia how was that show supernova was great as soon as Lithuania finished, immediately pivoting over to that to, to like check in on how the voting was going. I said this last week, Latvia had such a wonderful lineup. And then there was this announcement sometime midweek that one of their performers had had technical difficulties during their performance. And so suddenly it was 11 entries in the final. I don't know what the technical difficulties were. Apologies to that song. I did not like it the first time where it's like, th- he got through. Yeah, and and that he kicked off the show. I guess they didn't really want to have to revamp the the running order, which totally makes sense. I'm assuming that was the case to like, well, we don't want to revamp the running order and we don't want to put him last. So here you go. This felt like a different supernova than in past years. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah, I and I don't know what that change in energy was. Like, I mean, previously, Supernova always felt like 
kind of coffee house open not not I don't want to say open mic because that like implies a uh, questionable quality and I think that, that implies that one guy who wants who chooses open mic night to de- to debut his poetry were like oh no how long is this poem right Th- this was another one where there just seemed to be incredible camaraderie among all of the participants. Yes. Oh, yeah. There was a moment when everybody was on stage and Booyans just like had balloons for everybody, including the hosts. Yeah, that was so adorable. Just like, oh, uh huh. <laughs> just like watching them. It's like, oh man, they have balloons for everybody. That's- Waiting to see if Latvia was going to choose chaos or, or or make like a hard swerve and pick something like Amanada's song, which Amanada's song very good. But like the more I listen to more, the more I'm like, I've heard this specific ballad before, and she she sings it very well. She is a star, and I think that that is yeah. She she is a star. She is a fantastic songwriter, but it was maybe was not her best works. Amanada could get lost in the shelf of a lineup. CD Zeni is probably opening their semifinal. Probably, yeah. That, that I mean, they're in sense. the first half of the first semifinal. It, it's it's a very good like light up the room song, especially because everybody is now going to just be yelling. Uh, as 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 every Euro fan in the arena screams salad at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because eat your salad is what has won Latvia. I kind of love this choice. The song is very silly, and I'm not sure how it's going to do. On the other hand, I've spent like the last 24 hours just sort of quietly going, "Oh, when you eat your veggies, baby, think of me." So like, it's very hooky, and I'm just like, "Oh no, I can't." I can explain to no one what the, what this is from. Now, I love this entry so so much. Like this, th- like this is my pola punk. This is absolutely in the Polo Punk School of Things, and I'm absolutely on board with it. Just brightly colored, seemingly for children, except for the parts where it's extremely not for children. Yeah, but I know there's been a lot of pearl clutching, particularly on Twitter, about like, oh, how are they going to do this? Uh, Eurovision's not going to allow this. And what it's reminding me of is uh, Lie to Me, uh, Czech Republic's entry from 2018. The original version of that song is... I would say more filthy than this one, but they managed to do a redux of that that is radio friendly. They were able to play it on TV. And that was one of my mom's favorite songs from the 2018 contest. I still have that as a ringtone on my phone as, as like an alarm tone. Yeah, this can be done. And I think this is a group that is very into making sure that moms like them. Like they seem like total mom schmoozers. So <laughs> uh-huh. yes, yes. <laughs> I I don't know if I'm like bold enough to say like, oh, I think this is going to win or anything like that. But this is definitely it. I, I am getting the same feeling from this one that I got from Russian Woman last year, where I was very bullish on it from the get go. Just like a lot of crowd momentum, it was going viral on TikTok the second it leaked. There are people on the internet who don't know what you, who don't know Eurovision, don't follow Eurovision that are that are like screaming this in a TikTok. So yeah, <laughs> good. So good job, CD Zenny. Remember a couple years ago, there was like a brief moment where we were concerned that we we're going to have keep saying the phrase "we all poop." Uh-huh. On this program. Yeah. Uh, now we just get to keep tap dancing around this song, and I'm so excited. Good job, Latvia. I'm so- <laughs> Good job, Latvia. <laughs> Again, just, like, the level of diversity and exciting choices on the Supernova this time. Keep this up. What is Manskin doing?
cosa sta facendo Maniskin? Maniskin were at the Brit Awards, where they were nominated for a couple of awards. They did not win, unfortunately, but they did get to have some good red carpet moments. Uh, they were talking about how they didn't expect to win in their category because uh, ABBA was also nominated in their category. And they're just like, yeah, we're, we're not going to win against ABBA. <laughs> they also had some really good uh, red carpet looks, like they were wearing Gucci. I mean, they always look fashionable but yeah this was another they, oh, yeah like the, the looks have always been very good that has not been a concern yeah yeah and yeah this this was no exception they also presented the group of the year award which was won by uh, wolf alice as wolf alice was accepting their award uh they made a joke about wanting to form a super group with monoskins they're making waves in the industry so <laughs> good on them yes and uh in the in the interest of equal time on this program uh kozostafachenda duncan lawrence I'm not looking up with the Dutchess. I'm sorry. We're, that's the closest we're getting. Uh, anyways, uh, he is also popping up because Kelly Clarkson, one of America's greatest vocalists and certainly one of our best performers of literally any song, if you've watched her program. Uh, like I, I went like deep into a wormhole of just watching her covers after the internet was like, look how good she sings Ariana Grande's Seven Rings. And it was a very good performance. I'm like, what else is she singing on her show? And it's basically anything. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly Oki is, is a good YouTube binge. Honestly, she makes any song better, including Duncan Lawrence's Arcade. Another person who does a surprisingly good job with the Eurovision covers, particularly if you enjoy yodeling, is Ilinka. She was part of the group that represented Romania back in 2017 with Yodel It. She was the guest performer during Romania's semifinal this past weekend. And yeah, she did kind of a tour de Eurovision in her performance, uh, did a medley of a number of winners, and yeah... I thought it was fantastic and just really putting some fun reimaginings on like Ziti Buoni and Toy. As somebody who had tapped out by about the time that Romania was doing their whole rigmarole, I do need to go back and watch that because that does sound much more fun than a lot. Just I was watching a lot of tweets happen at the end of the day about Romania's process. So I, I assume that was like a whole deal. Romania started with... 44 acts up for consideration for an online vote that happened earlier this week. That list got whittled down to 20 acts. Uh, 15 of them were chosen by a jury, and then five of them were uh, selected by the uh, online vote. Those 20 acts performed live on Saturday in front of the jury. The jury whittled the field down to 10. None of the audience-selected acts got through on that, so there's been a little bit of grumbling about uh, Romania's process, which Romania's always been kind of weird with their process. Like, they really allowed the jury to not just put their thumb, put their whole hand on the scale. Yeah, but, well, and I'm looking through, like, the listing of the semifinal of what advanced. Wikipedia has helpfully put all of the, the, jur the jury qualifiers in orange and all of the online vote qualifiers in blue and all of the online vote qualifiers like are are near the top and then you have the jury picking number 41 and 39 of the online vote and if you look at what's made it through to the final it's not it's not a lot of what was up there with the televoters romania is going to do what's in the last couple of years which is send something that the people don't entirely love and then they're not going to place out of the semifinal, and then they're going to complain. The audience will get to participate in the final, which uh, happens on March 5th. But yeah, I mean, the jury still has an uh, overwhelming presence uh, at that point in the process. So we'll see how that goes. 
Other selections that are going to be coming up this week, uh, San Marino's uh, Una Voce per San Marino will be continuing. Uh, we're actually recording this before the first episode airs, so um, we don't know how this is going to work. Although we do know that Achille Lauro uh, popped up as like the surprise 10th uh, qualifier from like the big name section of things. We don't know what song he's doing. We don't know if he's doing Dominica from San Remo or uh, if he will be doing a new song. A lot of surprises. Uh, Sunit will be one of the hosts uh, of the grand final on Saturday, which I'm very excited to see. Yes, correct. Yeah, so... Correct. Let, let her host the green room at, in Turin, you cowards. Yes. Well, they've still got time to figure all of that out. I mean, maybe this is her audition. The show is on every night this week, so uh, get comfortable. Also happening, France will be announcing their entries for... Uh, Though I'm not even going to try the t- title of their selection uh, right now. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Um, nope. But they're announcing entries on Wednesday. I like that last week we, we yelled at France to Desi Day and they did in fact uh, Desi Day to drop the entries this Wednesday. Yes. Yes. Maintenant. Maintenant. Thank you, France. So, <laughs> Merci. Merci. Also happening this week is Malta. There was a moment when we were prepping for the show where I was looking through what was happening this coming week. I was like, oh, man, I'd completely forgotten about Malta. Yeah, that <laughs> meme of the cat with the newspaper being like, oh, right. So <laughs> I, sh- I should buy a boat. Yes. Uh, <sighs> so the semifinal for that is happening on Thursday, and then the final will be happening on Saturday. They are cutting their field of 22 songs to 16. So not sure why it's a two-part process, but you do you. Yeah. That's a weird starting number and a weird finishing number. Just give us something with a five or a zero. Come on, Malta. Do I have to do everything? Or at least cut things in half. That's kind of what the point of semi-final is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get that 11's a weird number, but it's a smaller number than 16. Mm-hmm. Poland will have their national selection. Uh, that's going to include 10 songs, and it's hosted by their entrant last year, Rafal. Look, Ryan Seacrest does not say no to a gig, even if he's Polish. Nor should, should he. And, like, if this means that we're going to get another production of The Ride, like, I'm all for it. I thought that performance was lovely last year. (laughs) Give us more sunglasses, please. Croatia will have their Dora process. That one should be fairly straightforward. Um, And then uh, Slovenia has their final for Emma. They had their second semifinal this past weekend, uh, chose six more acts. So there will be 12 acts in total uh, competing on Saturday. And all four acts that came out of the Emma Fresh process uh, advanced to the final. So I think that that's a good sign for them. Good job. That process is working, I think. And now's the part of the program where I stand in front of the weather map, but it's just the Nordic countries. Let's take a look at the forecast. Let's see what the highs and lows are and just sort of talk about the week. Sweden had heat two of Melfast this week, which seemed to be a little bit less chaotic than last week. They might have gotten all of the all the first week jitters out. Uh, we'll see what happens. Like the the one where I'm interested to see is when they switch over from the current from the Avicii arena to the Friends arena. See if we also just have some hiccups because we're in a new space. Uh, but direct to final this week, uh, Liamu, who has... This is not his first Melfest, and also not their first Melfest. John Lindvik. Uh, John Lindvik this year is singing in Swedish, which I particularly liked. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the song is is a little treacly, but like, I, I figured he was probably direct through just because he's John Lindvik. Well, yes and no. I guess we can get into the new voting mechanism now. This was like the first week that we got to see the new voting mechanism, and it's real confusing. My issue with it, well, first, l- my thoughts on John Lindvik's song. I think John yes. Lundvik operates in one lane. He operates in that lane very well. I just find it terminally boring. 
And uh, I'm I'm thinking now that like oh most of his success in 2019 I think can, should should be attributed to the Mamas uh, taking a song that yes. could have been very very dull just like this but elevating it to something that's like oh yeah this is this is kind of a jam so there's that uh, but then the voting mechanism so it's still the case where the top vote getter goes direct to final and they don't have to go into this itemized record keeping of points among all of the different voting groups. But it's a lot of pomp and circumstance and process to figure out who came in second place. Yeah, it's a lot of numbers for naming three artists. Also, I just find the the demographic divisions very confusing. Whose three-year-old is voting for Melfest? Right. Because like one of one of the age groups is three to nine. Yeah, like why are why are they on apps? Like why why do they have devices? <laughs> Don't like aren't we concerned about screen time? Why are why are why is their screen time going to the Melfest app? It's just mind boggling. Although, why do the three to nine year olds not want to give John Lundvik their twelve points? Because everybody else does. Well, I mean, probably because Alvaro's number had color and fire. And it, oh yeah, did stuff. have did yeah. have bright colors and lights. Um, but yeah, like it's just very it's a lot of numbers for. To, to find out that the, that the song that I'm like, oh, this has the same vibe as last week's winner just uh, did not make it through at all and was like second to last. I really liked Samira Manners. I liked that song. I did not know why it was in Milfest. Like, I thought that that would have killed in almost any other selection process. It just felt really weird as a Milfest entry. Like, it just did not have that... I don't know. It wasn't plasticky like a lot of the other songs. <laughs> I don't know. That's why. That's why I liked it though, because like there was that one duet that that recreated an entire salon on the on the Melfest stage, and there was this, which is some with some very good lighting choices and doing a very earnest song. And like I was like, this sounds like the Franz song that Sweden sent years ago, and it turns out it was co-written by them. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the same co-writer as uh, "If I Were Sorry." So I'm like, oh, that's why it has the same kind of conversational thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I saw that she was one of the songwriters. I, I didn't, I didn't make mm-hmm. the connection with the other songwriter. So, hmm, I did some googling. There we go. Yeah, not a fan of the new voting mechanism yet, especially because we're no longer getting that second reprise. True, but and yeah, also not a fan of like the weird puppets that are popping up now. Whose whose job was that? Ugh, yeah, like they're they they are not spitting image, but they are kind of in like cl- closer to that than they are to Muppets, and it's like ugh, yeah. Uh, but you know what is delightful? Uh, Awa. Awa as like co-host, like sign her up, stick her next to Oscar Zia every week. Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit, I I was doing kind of the shorthand version of catching up on Melfest this week. So I only watched the main performances, uh, but I did watch Ina Kleina Ding Dong and thought that that was Ina Kleina Ding Dong so, was, was great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, like the only problem was like when I saw both of the Avas on stage, I was like, why aren't they hosting? We love them. Heat 3 is this week. We have seven new entries. We will we will send two of them to the final. We will send two of them to the to the semi-final, I believe we're calling it now. Yeah, or like second chance heat or something. I don't know. Like they don't want you using the term semi-final anymore to describe these. Like they are very much like no, these are heats. <laughs> these are heats, but we will not be putting them in duets this time. Correct continuing to put things into us norway in this week's second chance round there was like the whole radio presentation earlier in the week where they got it down to four and then those four performed and there were some interesting choices there uh like i have now seen Trollfest perform oh that's right you missed the first week <laughs> i missed the first week i did try to go back to the first week and just was not in the right headspace and like turned it off before everybody had performed including Trollfest. 
And Trollfest feels like it has all the ingredients of something I should like. In the pre-roll footage where they're all in like the Hawaiian shirts, I'm like, yes, a metal band in Hawaiian shirts. Surely they're performing in this. And then it's just a pink nightmare where I'm just like, this is too much and you don't need all this. And like it got down to the it got down to the final two, and then the like I was correct that uh, your your uh, your loss made it through to the the second chance round. I like that one a lot. Oh, and then uh, Kim, the the very classical musicy guy, Kim Kim Weigard. It's not it's not it's not for me. Apologies to Kim Weigard. I don't like your song. Um, <laughs> Maria Moon. <laughs> Maria Moon made it through, and like that performance feels like what you ordered on Wish.com. And unfortunately, Hammer of Thor is what you receive. Oh, okay. Like that is doing all of all of like the Nordic camp stuff that that both are, are trying for, but that is the one that succeeds for me. I'm so checked out at this point that it's like whatever. So it's, yeah, just like just pick a thing. I, like I was mostly watching to watch the auto qualifier, and then the second the lights went on stage, Annalisa Komoji's song is called Queen Bees, and when I'm just like, oh no, everyone's in bee outfits. <sighs> just like Norway. Okay. Yeah. At least we have we have one more week of this. Yes. They are picking an entry. Hopefully, like at this point, I'm just like fully team. Give that wolf a banana. Yeah. I, I did. Did you watch the video for Give That Wolf a Romantic Banana that they released over? The I weekend? have not yet. I'm, I'm just sort of. Ter- I'm just like I don't want like the weird slow version of the song. It, it's continuing in a goofy theme. It, it's really just taking the the vocal track and putting it over like something that is a little bit more. Uh, slow and romantic but they have some contemporary dancers and it's just it's very it, it's very on brand for them even though we are just learning what their brand is i was i was i was waiting for you to fill in the blank of what the, of what the bat of what the vocals are over with careless whisper oh yeah there is no sexy sax i don't think there probably should it's, it's been, fine we, are, yeah. we already have like one fun saxophone moment with latvia we can only support so many of those in one year of vision mm-hmm. yeah yeah epic sax man is sharpening his reeds so <laughs> The other interesting thing that popped up at, at Norway Selection, where I was not expecting it, although I did see, I did see like a band waving during the interim. Like, are we getting like a second auto qualifier? No, it was, it was just Wigwam, mm. who are having a moment right now because they do the intro to Peacemaker okay. on HBO Max. Was that the song that they performed? Maybe they performed two songs, and I could not tell you what either of their titles were because, again, I've just sort of checked out of Norway. Or like, I, I mostly just like, oh, it says Wigwam in the back. That's probably Wigwam. Okay. Well, good for them. Anyways, the the Norwegian final is Saturday, and we are excited about it, because it will be over. <laughs> Speaking of sweet, merciful endings, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thank you for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. Show notes and links are in the description of this episode and on our website at eurowhat.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, at eurowhat, and we'll be tweeting along with many of the shows coming up this weekend. As we record this, we're at 13 songs and 19 artists heading to Turin. We should reach the halfway point for both on Saturday, and we'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's happening in Eurovision. <laughs>